Is this on? I need everyone to sit back, relax, and tune in. Turn me up, Tia. Turn me up, Tia. Hey, 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 turn me up, Tia. Turn me up, Tia. Hey, yo, Tia, turn me up. Hey y'all, it's Tia, aka Not So Perf, and we're back again with another episode of Turn Up the Volume. And on today's episode, Oh the Horror, we have two new guests. We have Z. Hey. And we have Lex. Hello. And we're gonna be talking about some of our craziest, wildest, possibly horrific work experiences but before that we're gonna kick it off with the question of the day which is do you guys think a good morning text is necessary in a relationship or a good morning test text consistently absolutely i literally was just talking to my sister about this like just a simple check-in mm-hmm. is it, it's the little things that matter like, right is letting, letting me know that you care that I'm still alive. Right. Like, and I feel like 24 hours of no no response is kind of crazy yeah. to really care about somebody and not for a whole day, and not once yeah. it crossed your mind. It's a yeah. little wild, a little, little wild. And a good morning text is like a, a regular start. Like, you don't want to have to start, like, make my day a good day. You want to help? Um, I don't know. I don't feel like it's necessary depending on like what the communication standard is between you and your partner. Mm-hmm. Like, like I know, every day could be beast though. Yeah. yeah. Cause like, I know there's certain couples, like if you live together and y'all wake up together and y'all go to bed together, like there is no yeah, reason. Yeah. Y'all gotta send each other mm-hmm. a good morning text every day. Yeah. I like, I've been in relationships where it was like more long distance or like, you know, in high school. So you see them ah, like when okay, you can yes. every day. So it's just like, it's not necessary. Like you see each other frequently, but then when I've had the more long distance ones, mm-hmm. it's been like, you know, you got to actually have that like regular daily check-in right. because you're not able to be in each other's space so often. It's just another way to like, you know, Yeah, in. and on that same note, like the check-in doesn't have to be a good morning text. It yeah. could be like a different conversation or something. As long as there's some kind of exchange of like, where is a call? Uh, mm. I saw you, something like that. Exactly. I feel like that works. See, I think my issue kind of comes in because I experienced this mm-hmm. where you don't check in with me, but you're on social media or like... Mm. You, That'll do it. You said hello That'll on social media it. before you said hello yeah. to me. That is the That is case. true. And like you're, you're doing the most actually <laughs> online. But can't send an innocent message like that. That'll do it. That that that's the puppy right there. That's the I'm not gonna lie. So that was our question of the day. Real simple. Nothing too spicy, too crazy today. And now we're gonna get into the actual topic, which is our work horror stories. And I want to start it off on a positive note first. So tell me about the best job that you've ever had. Yeah. Let you go first. Um. I feel like the best job I ever had is one I got recently fired from, actually. <laughs> fired, Lex? Well, not fired. What happened? Just nah, you got to te- get into that. Temporarily removed off of the schedule. <laughs> so, it was my fault. I was okay. always coming in late. Um, and they kept giving me warnings, and I kept coming in late. What time was your shift? It was like, it was an early morning. It was like a 9 a.m., 8 a.m. Oh, okay, type of... 
regular like six and you days had a week. No, yeah, I was still balancing school and just like other things at the time in mm-hmm. life. So it was just like- mismanagement of my schedule mm-hmm. at that point. But you know, you live, you, you learn, learn, you, you improve, you readjust. Right. But it's so funny because it's like the most quirky little job. Mm-hmm. I was basically working at like a slime museum, primarily with oh! kids. Yeah. There's a slime museum in New York? Yeah, there is. Where? In Soho. Just like Google Slime Museum. It'll pop up. Mm. It's in the city. Mm. Yeah. And I think that was one of my best jobs because predominantly, unless I was doing like a paid internship, Mm. like I I never had experience in like career-related fields. I always did like retail, customer service base, while, you know, part-time while I'm in Mm -hmm. school, just, you know, pay for books, pay for transportation, money, like the basic necessities to live. Exactly, while you're in school. Mm -hmm. So out of all of those jobs I've been at, literally everything you can think of, from McDonald's to Old Navy. You know, I've never really worked retail as a whole New Yorker, Mm -hmm. like... Like, I'm not even once? Not a lot. I mean, I don't blame you. I probably, no, I worked at Staples for Summer Youth one time, and that okay. was a mad annoying. It was so, so, like, I've I worked imagine. in clothing retail. I feel like I would probably like clothing retail, like, to yeah. work in a top shop or something like that. Yeah, a more high-end. Yeah. I mean, well, right now, currently, I still do retail, but I do the retail with Equinox because I sell mm-hmm. all of the workout merchandise. But I also work at Michael Kors, Yeah. So I guess I just kept on moving up the mm-hmm. retail ladder in my Do you like retail? I like that it's like a systematic process that you can follow, get the job done, cookie cutter, like you get a certain set of skills, you can mm-hmm. leverage for higher pay, right. more experience, the next company you move on to. Um, but it's not like where I see myself forever. Like I said, yeah. it was just always more of like a part-time thing to get yeah, things going. Get go, yeah. But Basically, Slumu wasn't exactly retail, although we did sell slime, but mm-hmm. we were predominantly selling an experience. Right. Kids would come in. They had all okay. these vats of slime they could play with. They could make their own, all these interactive games mm-hmm. with us. Were and, you, like, one-on-one playing with the kids? Yeah. Okay. So I thought that that was so cool because it wasn't just, like, your traditional, like, selfie museum, right. museum of ice cream. Like, you get your ticket and you just, and you like, go, self-guide. Yeah. Like, we were, like, a major component of the jobs, like, I having to that. interact with the kids. It was like little yeah, scripts they the would give us. Yeah. We had the colorful uniforms. So it's like, like you guys were doing a performance for them yeah. all the time. And funnily enough, the way to get hired was through like they had um, staffing agencies and casting agencies that they would reach out to, and that's how they would that find their sense. regular staff. Yeah. But literally, I got paid to play with kids and slime. How did you find out about it? Um, LinkedIn. (laughs) I was looking for another part-time job Mm -hmm. because I was over Old Navy. I was just done with it. You worked at Old Navy. My mother would have loved to hear that. She yeah, she's, she's love her old navy. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm never going back. Yeah. <laughs> never going back. It was just, you know, one of those, like, first job jobs yeah. where you got to, like, you don't realize that you put up with more than you, you should be, as a yeah. young and experienced worker. And they'll take advantage of that. What? Really? Yeah. Because, like, literally they are not follow so many policies, go against so many protocols mm-hmm. because they just figure nobody that will actually take the effort you're not exactly. to, like, report that to, like, HR. But or, like, I will. Report That's that the to thing. Someone. They, they forgot that our generation is the generation that will. Yeah. Yeah. One thing about me, baby, I'm going to quit. The better business <laughs> bureau, they're going to hear about you. And the Department mm-hmm. of Labor, they're going to hear about you. HR, Especially when, when, HR, when a check when when can be ran to me after. about you. If there's any type of compensation, I'm going to collect. My way. Yeah. My way. 
Exactly. But yeah, that was the most fun mm. job. It was it nice. Like I'm imagining you like a Nickelodeon pocket. slime girl. No, literally, we used <laughs> to slime people. About. Like they could like stand under and mm-hmm. we had this like little. And you dumped it enough. And there was a countdown, and you could pay extra to get slime. I feel like that's a childhood dream. Like yeah, how long every did you day. Work there? I worked there. I would say for about like four to five months, and it was a great experience. Because oh, like around you started this year. It was like the end of last year until oh, the beginning of, of this year. Yeah. But it was just nice because I was used to dealing with customers in retail. That's customer service, like, yeah. heavy. But it's nice with kids. It's a different, like, experience. Because there's no, like, like argument with all that other stuff. Oh, no, it stuff. could be. With the kids, too? Oh, Some of the wow. parents and these kids be rude with no home training. I'm not going to yeah, lie. No, but you can't avoid was, that for But yeah. it was okay because, like, you kind of already expect to deal with certain things when dealing with kids. Like, it just comes with the territory. Every job, like, has its, like, kind of setbacks. You got to yeah. just be aware of. They gave you guys, like, paperwork to sign about that, too, and stuff? Loosely. Like, there was a lot of, like, things, like, celebrities would come in and, like, buy out the place. Oh, sure. Oh, I met a lot of people there. I met Selena Gomez. I met, like, what was he? Eli Manning. Who's the one that's married to the model? Giselle Bunchen. Is that Tom Brady? Tom Brady. I don't know. None of that football stuff. Yeah, some sports people. It was, like, (laughs) they had had the guy from MTV, um, Catfish, Ned. Yes, I know who you're talking about. Okay, okay. His family, like, booked it out for a birthday party for one of their kids. I did not know we had a whole slam place in New York. Like, that's still blowing Really? I did not know that. I didn't. Did it have a smell? Yeah, they, they came in all different scents, yeah. textures, colors, shapes, sizes. It was, like, oh crazy. I used to be in there, like, whipping my own slimes together. Just I feel like I would be a kid there. Like, I would forget I'm here to work. And, and getting like, paid good money, too. Like, they were an ethical company. Girl. They were an ethical company, so they believed in paying their workers livable wages. Yeah, um, I like but, yeah, it was just so my favorite job because I got to, like, act a little bit it was a little bit different from my normal like nine to five and i basically mm-hmm. just got paid to play with kids and slime and right. make slime and smell slime all day it was just it brought out my inner child and i got paid for it and i baited it but that's okay because you live and you learn yes okay good. so um i would say like my favorite is the job i'm currently working now as a community support worker and um i recently graduated from Old Dominion in 2021 with a human services and psych degree. So I was able to find a job in my field and I work with about 24 clients Mm -hmm. and my youngest client is eight. My oldest client is 80. And it's just a big range of needs. Um, What I love about this job is that like now I'm in New York, I'm able to travel I can work virtually. I can go into the schools, go into the courthouses. Accessibility. Yeah. Um, it's just a lot of flexibility, too. Yeah. Like, um, Which is necessary in this mm-hmm. generation. We're living in unpredictable stuff times. all the yeah. time. 2020 was to be flexible. Yeah. yeah. And I, I actually live by the quote of be who you wish you had when you were younger. Yeah. And, like, I always say, like, I want to, like, work directly with helping people feel better. Yeah. Like, just... In not even on like a physical level, because you know internally people yeah can, mentally yeah. yeah it can be going through a lot. So yeah. I I enjoy that. Very compassionate. I, I can I can sense that from you. Yeah, yeah very much very care, caring. Yeah, caretaker. You like to feed into people, pour yeah. into people. But you Definitely. know that means you got to be very conscious of making sure you're getting that same energy. Yeah, make sure people are taking advantage. Oh yeah, and you know what's crazy is when I first started working, I didn't have any boundaries. Mm. When clients said, "Okay, oh, that was me." Yeah, let's yes, do this yes, right yes, here. Yes. I used to be like, "Yes, yes, yes." Very no. much a yes, man. Um, I practice my I statements. I cannot do that. 
I need a break. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't like that. Yeah. Like, and it's nice kind of working that. in a position that reinforces you to think about boundaries on a day to day basis, or just like overwhelming yourself. Right. Working at your own pace, it's knowing nice that because that's literally the point of your job, right? And you can't function at your best. Which yeah, what you realize, I guess, the hard way when you keep on doing that. Or even, like, I feel like I had the problem of always saying I was sorry for stuff that I didn't even do. Like, it would just slip out my mouth. Yeah, I'd be like, mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry. Why am I saying I'm sorry? Like, like I didn't, I didn't do have any control over that. Yeah. Like, why is it so easy why for me to just apologize? For right. Yeah. And I don't hear too much apologies back my way when people are screwing up. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you know what's crazy is I literally tell my clients, I'll be like, practice reframing. So instead of saying sorry, like, I had one client, she opened the door for me. And she was like, sorry, like, you know. Girl. She literally, she literally opened her front door and she was like, sorry, Ms. Z, um, I was doing something. And I was like, instead of saying sorry, say thank you. Thank you for waiting for me. You right. know? Yeah, that's or, right. You know, that's totally like, you literally didn't do anything right. wrong. Yeah. It's getting yourself into this like people-pleasing mm-hmm. mindset mm-hmm. where all of your actions are framed around, around serving else, other people yeah. rather than serving yourself. Yeah. But I like that. Like mental health institution. Yes. Okay. I think my best, my favorite job would... Internship-wise, it would be working at The Late Show with Stephen Colbert because I just got to, you know, I got to do a bunch of, like, different things every day. So I really hate, like, stagnant things. I love surprises and new things, new experiences, being able to dip my hands in different avenues of the job, getting to work in, like, wardrobe with fashion, whether it's just dropping things off, working with the band, um, Stay Human, and, like, John Baptiste, or working with, like... What else do we do? Like scripts and like behind the scenes and digital and stuff like that is really like this fun and amazing thing to get the chance to do. So I really love that. And job job wise, it would be working at the Brooklyn Museum. Similarly, um, for the same reason as the late show, but more of creative expansion, like a lot of ways to dip my toes in like art or like in dance and music, or there's picking who's gonna come and perform what kind of games we're going to have for the yeah. team night, yeah. like what kind of music do we want to represent based off of whoever the exhibit is around. So that kind of matching a theme to a person. Um, and I also do love learning, which is why I think I excelled in school so much. So learning about these people when the exhibits came in to like best represent them. All yeah. of that was just really fun. I love being in a museum space. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I noticed one thing that seems like a constant between a lot of your internship experiences that you highlighted is that you actually got like applicable experience. Like I feel like a lot of people don't get as much out of internship experiences. Yeah. Because it's more of a just like let's pass off all the busy the little, work. Yeah, like the get lunch, that. go do runs, go do yeah. But like with both of those, like I, I can tell because I've like seen similar programs, but they really take time to like cultivate your interest in the industry. Like what right. can they offer you that a another company or institution can't can't get you experience in or get the chance to try out but it seems like they really took time to make sure you guys Mm -hmm. like got to do the things that like you asked for coming in yeah and they were very open with us and that's what i love like they didn't treat us like just regular interns they actually cared about us because they would say like ask me questions and have like exactly and have check-ins and say like do you like what we've put you to do do you want to try out something else like they actually asked us that so i felt cared for and stuff 
Yeah, that was yeah. kind of similar with Sumo. That's why I was just like happy that, like, like I said, it was like owned by like two mothers. Two women, yes. It's a company centered around like children, but like and slime they, exactly. had no age limits. It was targeted towards everyone. A very diverse work environment in terms of like yeah. coworkers to like the literal customers we were like serving, and it was just nice to be in like a really forward-thinking environment. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you know, city of Manhattan, it's diverse groups, so you kind of have to like frame and position yourself. Right. Um, to like speak to people a certain way, deal with certain situations in a certain way. But, but I, th- um, I feel like I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I feel like working in a museum in general, like it is, it comes with the nature of like you meeting people from all walks of over life, the world, like all literally. The and I think even all of us have that in common, mm-hmm. and we know the importance of it because. Right. Um, and I realize that we all seem to like have a like or like a passion for. Dang, I, I hate when this happens. I have my word. connecting. I, it's not not even connecting. Like, the word I wanted to use. It's just, like, growth, like, development. No, it's, like, an interactive sphere. Like, mm-hmm. like we very want to be stimulated. Like, social, we want to yes. talk. Mm-hmm. Yes, people's very people. social, yes. like, Exactly. With you, like, you like feeling like you're making a positive difference. Or There's a lot, exactly. There's a lot life. of empatheticness coming from, yeah. like, the interest and stuff. I definitely yeah. see, like, an exposure to, like, culture mm-hmm. opportunity and see right. how you can like make yourself into like this conduit to like connect people to yes. resources and i really love that like that's what i oh because the industry is that's so like oversaturated with talent potential etc but there's so many people that are under-resourced and underconnected so you with don't all get of to this see they have all everything out there. you're looking for exactly so you being able to get exposed to that and just knowing that there's a whole world of people out there that don't even know that all of this exactly and it's like wow bring them like, to it. can i ask a question are you would you all consider yourself like more introvert extroverted I would I definitely say I'm a balance like I am introverted at times like I definitely value like me time and personal space after a while but I would say I'm an extrovert too because at the same time like I'm a social being like I like to meet other people learn about other people learn new perspectives challenge my own perspectives because like how else are you gonna like grow and learn unless you want to like surround yourself with other people and like you know get out there into the world yeah I feel like a very introverted extrovert i don't know how to explain it. it's like i Duality. everybody always yeah everybody's always like oh shanti you know everybody oh wow. mm-hmm. um or like when i'm around people i'm i'm very like bubbly and stuff but i think it's generally because i don't know like growing up and i feel like i i get very emotional and it's very empathetic feeling when i feel like somebody around me is left out yeah so mm. i usually try to make sure everybody's included or like if i'm here with you guys and i feel like maybe lex is too quiet i'll like bother lex and be like what's going on lex like i don't know like i'm yeah. just and that's something that i am so like if i feel like the room is tense or something is weird i'm used to being that person to like yeah. stop it or like that's bring it. weird because yeah. like the way i'm at introvert versus extrovert in a social setting might be different from like a professional setting like school or work because in school I was always very like assertive like when the teacher is asking a question like yeah I'm gonna raise my hand because I want right. to answer it yeah I want to be like interactive and involved with you 
Um, but like, yeah, in a social setting, if it's like at a party in a room full of people and I only know one person, I'm just going to walk up Sit to the one, one person, person that I know. And that's yeah, who I'm going to talk to. Like, I don't want to get to know everybody in this mm-hmm. room right now. But like, if I'm at like a networking event for exactly. college, and I want hey, everybody yeah. to know my name. Like, Hello. so I think it's funny yeah. because like all of it's our traits and our qualities, they show up differently depending on the environment that we're in. Big but in the work setting, fact. I think I'm definitely more of like an extrovert when it mm. comes to being in like professional spaces. That's so funny. I don't know. It depends. Mm. You feel like? Really Even with work, rooms, like at the Lake Show, I feel job. like I was very much an extrovert. But there's other places where, like, I rather work independently. Like, mm. or, like, be to myself. Like, like I just work better like that. I love to have my music just blasting. Yeah. I'm just listening to Vibes Cartel while everybody's talking <laughs> to me. And I'm just, yeah. If you see me, you yeah. see my beats. Like, yeah. you see my beats. But you know what's crazy is I've been considered a social butterfly, mm-hmm. but I also have social anxiety. I've really? It's such a duality. Yeah, yeah. Like, I really know, like, a lot of people. I, I can connect well with people. Yeah. But there are instances like, where my anxiety will show up, and mm-hmm. I'm like, this is kind of awkward for me. Yeah. Um, you just got to take your own break sometimes out of yeah. those spaces. And I'll, I'll go home and recharge. Exactly. Yeah. Or, like, go, like, maybe you're at an event, and sometimes you just need to sit to yourself for a second and, like, all right. So you want to get, get into together. the horror stories? Yes. So, um, now we talked about the good. So let's shift it into the horrific mm-hmm. or the weird experiences that you've had at work. So, what's your worst job, and then the experience that <laughs> made that the worst? Okay, am I starting this time? Yeah. Yes, okay. My worst job was mcdonald's it was my first job straight out of high school like towards the end of my senior year honestly i was going to college at home too so i just wanted something that was close in proximity to my house to my school and i honestly i just i just wanted to make money like i didn't want to go to college have to spend all my money on books on transportation this might on be food, a tmr question how much was broke was was McDonald's still like no, fifteen an hour? Yeah, was it, was it no, it was it was meeting like the minimum wage, so it was like fifteen fifty, like okay. yeah, like standard first job, part time job. Mm-hmm. But this job really taught me to always advocate for myself, yeah. whether it be to a higher up, whether it be to like my loved ones, coworkers, because like I felt like there was such a stigma with complaining about like about hard work because I came from a family of hard Hard workers like my parents set like strong examples for me in terms of like just getting up and getting shit done so like you know from your first job like you feel like damn maybe I might be overworked or maybe like my managers might be dragging it but I don't want to make a big fuss out of it because this is my first first job job. so I want to make it seem like I'm a hard worker I'm prepared you don't want to be like oh your first job and you are yeah Yeah. it was like a little naivety on my part but that's okay because you know you live you you learn learn. but yeah like management was just like borderline just like out of code with certain things like not honoring meal breaks for like seven to eight Which hours. Is crazy. Like, to start me is crazy. Like literally, like you're scheduled for uh, eight to six PM and when six PM comes to clock out, it's an issue. They have an attitude with you. They're acting like you can't 
clock out. They're acting like they dismiss I, I, you. I'm just imagining You don't dismiss yourself. Have you ever had those so teachers aggressive. at the end of class that are like, Yo, you don't dismiss yourself? It's fully 335 and school ends at 320. Why am I in the room still? They, yeah. they were moving like my professors. Like, I like I don't yeah. dismiss myself. They dismiss me. But what do you mean? Wait, hold on. I'm not in school. I'm, I'm not and we agreed to me being here until 6. So at 6, I gotta go. Not even. It's 615. I gotta go. And I'm supposed to be getting overpaid for the times that you're making me stay Same. later than yeah, what we originally so what agreed you, upon. And I need to agree to stay later than And I need to uh, verbally agree oh, to that. Like, so, yeah, they would push the boundaries in a lot of ways. Last minute scheduling changes um, without the two weeks two notice. Week they just went about things very improperly. But it's so funny because, like, two years later, I received, like, a letter, like, a survey from the Department of Labor. Back? Oh, I was about to say. No. Uh, it was a survey from the Department of Labor, and they were asking a bunch of questions about unlawful practices by that business. Because I guess a lot reported. of people were quitting and reporting them because, yes, yeah, like, mm-hmm. not properly paying people their overtime, not properly That's scheduling people That's one thing I love about our advance. generation. They gonna report something. Yeah, no, we and it's crazy because there's a lot of people that like when someone is conflicting and getting into conflict with management, they'll be like, you know, I'm gonna report you to HR. I'm gonna report, and you know, they never follow through on it, or managers just kind of brush mm-hmm. it off because they're like, please, that's like, how she's not gonna go through with it. They don't, they don't believe you. They don't and so, like, you really take those them. steps and imagine. And now they're like, because oh, guess what? Yep. It has to be a couple of people to like for file them complaints to for them to literally out, yeah. reach out to people like. Or a ton of people just yeah. keep quitting back to back to back. Like, and it's, just like, like, it's looking crazy, yeah. But yeah, that was like the worst job ever. But it's okay because it was a first job. And I became a lot more like assertive with like what I was comfortable with in the workplace and what I wasn't comfortable with. Yeah. And just not compromising on the boundaries I set walking into yeah. a job. Because for if pay. I come here, yeah, yeah for pay. If Literally. I came in here and told you this is how much... I can work and this is how much I expect to get paid for it. Like, I'm not overexerting myself. I'm not bending the rules for you. Like, because at the end of the day, you guys don't overexert yourselves for me or bend the rules for me. Like, Thing. I guess I could go next step. This is very much the fuck that job generation. No, really Like, so. do exactly what you're paid very to do so. and nothing more. Unless it's serving you or you're serving yourself. Like, yeah, there's a level of professionalism that should be at every workspace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you fall short of that, I'm, we're going to do something about it. We're going to have to yeah. change that. Like, I literally don't care. Like, I will switch jobs every, like, six months. Like, it used to be a social stigma. Like, if you can't keep a job, like, you're always at a new job. Yeah. It looks bad to future employers and employers resume, think yeah. on your resume. Like, you can't stick with one thing not anymore but like literally fuck that job like if it's not serving you fuck that job i promise you nine times out of ten things always work out anytime i've been in a situation where i needed to leave a job a silver lining always opened up and i was always okay in the end so at the end of the day prioritize you i don't know if you guys are religious or whatever but i always just like you know what god wants to live god gonna get it done i'm gonna let god fix it yeah i'm gonna let god fix it I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail right now. So what's your, what would say yours? Yes, is? your worst. Um, my first job out of college. Um, mm. I'm not, I can't even say the name because, you know, I signed specific papers or whatever. Really? Mm. Spicy. But um, it was an online job and it was working in like digital marketing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Cool. And when I was, first of all, I was supposed to intern there. But when I applied to intern there, um, they were like, oh, because I'm graduating from college, 
and they had such a great time interviewing me, whatever, whatever. And it was like, we're going to offer you a position wow. rather than an internship. So I was like, I got a job at a college. Like, I got a graduate. And it's like, it was online Big or whatever. Job, yes, it was remote. And it's like, everybody's like, well, you're lit, you're doing remote. But I always knew in the back of my head I was not going to have a good time because I was not a remote student. Like, I'm a, I was an English major mm-hmm. when I was in college. I'm very much, I need to be interactive. I love, like, we always had a circle stop class. We sat yeah, down, yeah. we talked to each other. Like, it literally would feel like, and you know I went to Spelman, so it felt like girls talk sometimes. Like, yeah. I genuinely enjoyed my major. Aww. I loved writing. Like, everything like, that we talked about. Yeah, and then, like, yeah. my one thing I do appreciate about HBCU education is that everything I it wasn't just like the experience of extracurriculars and stuff but in class everything I learned like literally from computer science to math to politics to whatever every class was intertwined with womanhood and blackness so it really was a great time to be in those classes and be learning like I took a class on um what do you call those people oh my gosh like I'm out of words as an English major that's not ironic Mm -hmm. Um, um that is irony those like those like like Darwin and them. What are they referred to as? Um, kind of, philosophers. Yes. Yeah, so we took a class, <laughs> intro to philosophy, yeah. and it was the first time I took a class where the philosophers, every philosopher we talked about was a black woman. Oh, I, and I, was yeah. just like, I feel seen. I love that. Not y'all ate like y'all really ate, <laughs> and they act like it was just these bald white men. Like, yeah, it was so. It was. It was I mean, just very relieving to have that. So how is this horror? This sounds, so, this sounds blissful. No, I'm about to tell y'all. <laughs> So now, when yeah, it told me my job... It seems like the perfect job that first. Mm, it's When I took the interview to get the job, they I asked them a lot of stuff. Like, they seen my, my past experiences. It was all around working in creative spaces, media. Like, literally, my internships before them was working with Live Nation Entertainment. And then the other one was working as a social media intern for, for two nonprofits. Like, yeah. Everything I've done has always been creative, social, content, around that. I explained that to them. I expressed that to them in an interview, everything like that. They're like, you're going to get this um, position as assistant media manager. Uh, so I'm like, okay, yeah. girl, I'm about to be out here with content. From I got to the job, it was literally all computer work, all Excel, all budgeting. Mm. These programs around like more numbers and values and formulas. I'm like, Formula. I was hanging on to math. a limb mm. to pass math and science <laughs> after I got into calculus. Like, but I'm not going to hold you. Before high school, like before my senior slash junior year of high school, I loved math. I loved math more than I loved English. But I realized after a while, the math's not math no more. I took my last math class I never liked science, so I knew science was never uh-huh. my bop. I never, I took no English class, and the only science class I took in college was science. I went to early uh, early college high school. So I knocked out all those things to avoid them in, in college. And that cup got to go. And now I'm just like, y'all going to put me in front of an Excel sheet with my numeric values and other stuff to do? I can't do this. Mm, no. And I was scared to leave the job because I was like, damn, I didn't even make a year at this job and I want to quit. Like, it's going to look bad. My parents are in like that old-fashioned headspace. So like, you can't just be getting a job and then you just leave it without trying. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. But then I was fed up. Like, my mental health was going bad. I had a whole therapist and she was telling me, like, wow. you don't like your job. Like, no. And I'm like, no, nah, I know I don't. <laughs> but, like, I took, and I took a lot of trips and stuff. It was getting in the way when I had to be on my trip. And even though it was remote, like, they needed me and stuff on the computer. Like, I went on a whole trip to Dubai, which is 
like 12 hour difference or whatever the case difference and they need me in the middle of the night out there i can't even sleep between excursions and activities because my job is like yeah i need you now and stuff but which, that's why i love my job now because we got that unlimited pto benefits benefits matter the job y'all unlimited pto is a new one i'm writing that i didn't even know that until my job was telling us like yeah like we understand like you have a life so you have to do this so anyways i'm backtracking That, that's why that was the worst because it's like I, I signed up for one thing, got faced with another thing. Mm. And it was just very, it was not a diverse group of people on the team. Mm. I remember one time I was in a meeting and they were talking about like um their, their trips and stuff. And they said something like, it was something very weird they said about like when they went to Jamaica. And it was like something about, oh, Jamaicans are crazy. Like I remember they were trying to fix some like a remedy. Like somebody got stung with a jellyfish and I think they were like pouring rum on the person. And like the person was like fixed after they did that. But it was just so weird and like they were saying all this stuff i'm like y'all talking all this shit not even knowing i'm jamaican right now like i could uh, really fire be, y'all up right now like just exactly be mindful of like, be how mindful people. like we're on the you. internet yes we don't see each other in person yeah like, you, you, virtual don't, you really don't know me for you're real you're just stereotyping yeah. anybody and like i'm fully jamaican like born in jamaica jamaican and you're yeah. saying all of this now so, i should really blaze y'all up like <laughs> exactly and then they would just be shocked to be like oh wow i was oh born and raised in jamaica like that's a totally normal custom like literally just said that it fixed it like the remedy worked so literally they use a ray yeah. and a rivers to fix, to fix everything, everything like, and it works and it works like my has <laughs> been rubbing me down with ray and his nephew for years like yeah and so ma'am like what is so and crazy here, and in good health so. i feel like it's kind of crazy that like americans allow don't. their kids you to don't take certain over-the-counter medications and just get injected everything age, without a question off of, like, like random like not even like totally confirmed like testing and exactly even when I'm on my- y'all are the real weirdos we're using natural things mm-hmm. from the earth yeah. to fix stuff even when I'm on like, like I do not take ibuprofen I hate ibuprofen I'll thug it yeah. out like literally like, I, I I hate pills because yeah. I grew up in period, such a natural remedy all. place yeah. I love them at really all. like I'm scared like, I'm I had to avoid it now cause like a lot of people brought that up like tolerance to drugs and just being so heavily reliant on it mm-hmm. but it's just true cause guess what like I've been taking that since I was like 12 so and that's normalized in American yeah. culture, but I'm sure there's a lot of other cultures that are like, what? Every time you're on your menstrual cycle, you take, you take pills? Like, yeah. And that's totally normal in our culture. Yeah, so right. sometimes it's just like, even in the workplace, people taking Be a step mindful. back yeah. to recognize that the Be community mindful. that you come from is it's not, not the community, global community, yeah. the global not. community that everybody else that you're going to interact with is coming from. Exactly. So always approach every new experience with an open mind. Because why are you going on a vacation, traveling to another country? With the mindset, mindset that to things are your American like brain, foreign, like, you know? crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the, the whole thing. Point like, of why choose those adjectives to describe it? Why couldn't you say like it was new for me? New, but it was exciting, it was nice to see it work. Shocking, even you're talking about they're crazy, they're weird, like you're weird. Like, like all those words have a negative connotation. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and it's just like now you're looking at all of your coworkers, like y'all are weirdos. And like, I, I literally was looking at that meeting, like this is why I don't turn my camera on. Oh my god, this is why I'm always on mute because y'all are weird. Yeah, weird. Just confront my suspicions. Thank but you. But yeah, after and that's the job that I I quit to have the internship with Leisha. Like I literally quit the quit a job to go intern somewhere else. Beautiful. Granted, the job also did pay more, but like sometimes you have to like no 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 that doesn't like, matter. The way y'all treating me was not enough for yeah. that. I was so happy, like I like to, I felt the like happiness in my body mm-hmm. to leave from there to go to the next place. Yeah, like, and, and, and you I had a really fulfilling experience. Yes, I was terrified yeah. to quit because of that stigma of like you're always quitting a job, you're always getting a new job. Now I'll jump from one to the next to the next. I don't care. You got yeah. a better offer, I'm there. 
as long as it's serving you. Right. So, Lindsay, yeah. <laughs> tell us about your. Uh, I was going to say, like, um, so from like the very beginning, I was working at Dillard's. So, Dillard's is like the Southern Macy's, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Retail. I know you're, that's your lane. Retail, legs. Retail literally created so much PTSD for me. Um, working at Dillard's, I was originally working there. Um, basically as a regular worker yeah and one of the workers that was in the home department she gave me a fair warning like the first week and she was just saying like she was like don't let them walk all over you it just sounds like a horror movie (laughs) she was like don't let them walk all over you and i'm like okay Okay. give and get out (laughs) yeah it really is give and get out (laughs) and so i was like okay um zoom 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 i was working there I didn't have a manager for months. Mm-hmm. So they finally bring this manager in. Um, her name is Susan. And Susan is introduced to me and other workers. And a couple of weeks go by, you know, I'm, I'm walking Susan around the department. Mm-hmm. And she goes on and she's like, um, hey, hey. And I'm looking around like, who are you talking to? Yeah. Like, and who is hey? Hey, hey is for horses. Yeah. And I'm like, um, I have a name. And yeah. mind you, I've already we've already been introduced. We've been working mm-hmm. in the same vicinity every couple of day, every right. day. Like she's seen my face, so I was just like, um, you know, I have a name, and she was just like, oh, like she was very aloof, like very oblivious to like, oh, and she oh, knew exactly know. what she was yeah. doing. And so it started off with little microaggressions like that, like the little girl, hey girl. The little girl is like, something about that just lights a fire, like. Yeah, like I'm a woman, yeah. Um, Wait, she called you? I didn't hear that part. Yeah. Little girl? She would be like, she'd be like, hey girl. Or she'd be like, you know that little girl over there? And I'd be like. Mm-hmm. Little bit. And I'm, then when I start calling her about a body. big old lady, yeah. <laughs> when I say big, this big gigantic woman, like, yeah. like it's gonna be a problem. No, she's not gonna like that. You're so not. don't do that. Yeah, it went to like the those little microaggressions. To one day, I was at the register ringing up a client, and she actually came and logged me out of the transaction, and she was like, "I got this." And I just, I didn't want to make a scene in front of the client. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to make a scene in front of the client. Even the client was, not the client, the well, customer. Yeah. I'm sorry. Was the like, customer was just standing there like, you, you know, doing? I don't care who rings me up. Like, like, like oh, where? Yeah. They were just kind of taken aback by it. Yeah, too. like, where she come from? Yeah, that's come from. the other thing. They think that when they do stuff like that, it's solely affecting, like, you and, like, to get on your nerves and stuff. You're literally about to let us lose clients. Yeah. Like, y'all are weird. Like, y'all are just The man was like, I don't care who rings me up. You know, she was helping me. But I was like, you know what? Go ahead. Okay, so it started off with that, and then she went to touching my hair. Like That's the one that would that would have set me off. Yeah, and like I like I was saying, like I never experienced racism before they working here. They think black people are so experimental sometimes. Like, bro, yeah. the whole touching my hair is mad crazy. Like, I went to Mexico one time. We were literally at this restaurant, and this person kept wa- looking at my friend. Like, she literally was just staring at my friend, gazing, and I'm just mm. like. Like, like is it like a fetish? Something? I don't know. And she was like, "You're but here. Can I like, touch it?" Wanna... I've never walked past someone. She didn't ask. ask. She just came she literally came up. Me. Was like, "Oh my god, your hair looks nice." And I said, "Susan, literally not like, against protocol. Like, yeah. don't touch me." Like I've never walked past someone, even if and they look like, oh cool. Like, even oh my god, your hair looks good. I'm more likely say I don't want to touch it. Like, yeah, because why would I want to mess it up if it looks good? Girl, logic. Not here. Left the conversation. Yeah, but so, yeah, I did. Yeah, fuck, fuck Susan. We fuck hate Susan. Susan over here. Um, 
I literally ended up going to HR mm-hmm. and we had, we sat down and had a meeting mm-hmm. and it, it created so much emotion inside of me because I never, like I said, I never experienced it before. Like yeah. that so, um, like I would come home and my friends would be like, why every day you come home? Cause I have roommates. Yeah. They would be like, you're, you're complaining about this lady named Susan. And I'm like, and I asked them, I said, am I experiencing racism? You are. Like, I came to the realization. Yeah, and I was like, because none of the other workers, white women, experiencing uh, were experiencing that. Like, she would never speak to them, address like that, them. Yeah, never. Overstep their boundaries. And sometimes you have to ask other workers, like, no, hey, sometimes you really gotta ever, ask. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, did you? Yeah. And, and then, yeah, and it was, they were like, no. Yeah, and that was the fact that I was, like, mainly working with white women. So, um, of course, they're gonna kind of, like, stick together or side. downplay. Yeah. They would, like, downplay her actions. Like, but oh, like, she probably didn't mean it like that. Yeah. And that's like, okay. exactly what happened. Um, like with you going with to the Department of Labor, I ended up actually setting up a meeting with HR, and there was Susan, there was me, mm-hmm. and then the, the woman was a white woman, mm-hmm. and literally, so you know it got so going. flipped. I literally was trying to hold back my tears. Like and I never felt like too, that you emotional. Feel like you have nobody who understands mm-hmm. you. Like I, I was just so emotional about so it. So wait, like basically, you're saying the HR representative flipped it, or the way Susan yes. flipped her story? Both of them. Both of them, essentially, they were both saying On like, the same side. yeah, they were both saying like, you know, um, there are times that even they flipped it to the point where there are times where you're late. Like it, it went from what this woman is doing these late? these things. Um, can you prove it? Like it was like. I had no concrete proof. I'm like, you know, you can go back to the cameras, you can run back, but it was no concrete proof. And I think that's when it goes into like, it was really a horror movie. Like you going so to work. Reporting that instance, then what happened from there? You should have took it higher than them. But I understand like sometimes you're just you so just feel powerless. You're a college student working yeah. like one of your first few like out of college jobs. And I stayed for so long because of the money. Like, I would get paid every week. You know, I got commission. But right. I every day, I would dread clocking in. And I would dread clocking out. And it's and not worth it. The money so basically, they just swept that. it under the rug, pretty mm-hmm. much. And essentially, like, I would send emails and stuff. But what kind of saved me was, like, um, another manager ended up coming. And they were like, yeah, you all, you all, you know, the pandemic is real. You all don't have to work here. Um, you can apply for unemployment. Virginia, because Virginia is wow. technically the South. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's below the Mason Dixon line. I did not know like the the grand scale of the racism in that area. Girl, Virginia got a whole street mm. called called Lynchman Road. What? Oh, 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 oh my God! I mean, but there's a lot of things that exist like that. Shit, even in New York, if you search up like who were like Rochester, Bergen, if you look up a lot of these last names, the Prospect there's Park, the biggest slave owners around. Yeah, and they didn't care about my so feelings. So many of our... Yeah, they did not care about my feelings. I think ultimately, Susan was like actively for weeks, they would actively want me to feel uncomfortable. She would make a, a black customers feel uncomfortable. Like a black... Com- after that situation of reporting it? Or oh, prior. Mm-hmm. Like, but after reporting it, did you notice like any difference in her behavior? They, oh, they ended up moving me. Moving you? They removed me out department. of the department. The, I worked before she even came and I helped her figure out Everything. But you had to move and she got she, to They stay. removed me. They removed me and the other black girl. Oh, mm-hmm. the, the other black, black girl. girl. Yeah. The other black girl. Did she report anything? She had, you know, she was experiencing little microaggressions too. But I think with really getting physical, her saying like, A, touching me, touching my hair and stuff. Like, that's when I was like, I fed up. I said, I'm going upstairs and I'm, I went to HR. But um, the other black girl, I would say that she would just do little things like, you know, 
you can't you can't be in the back room like if you were in one space she would like actively tell you to go to another space it was it was very horrific but basically but did that black girl ever go to report it she never reported it girl we all like collectively yeah but they didn't really do anything HR did not do anything. So I think they it was just moved out. Mm, we, they just moved us. I think that's what the doing. The anything. whole institution needs to be responsible for that. Child, when and you say I just feel like stuff like that you can't let go of. Like that. That the pandemic on. saved me. Literally, I say that all the time. The pandemic rebirthed me. Like that, those first couple months, um, post COVID. I mean, well, during COVID, mm-hmm. I would to say, really get to know yourself yeah, like, I literally out, like, sat down and was just like, I was working for them like that. Yeah. And That's it's really crazy because, you know, in other states, like, they don't have the same protections like in New York. Like, we have to go through these diversity trainings. And I always yeah. talk about at any point, if you cross someone's line or you cross someone's boundary and they report that to HR, You're done. you leave yourself negligible to like get sued You're not, yeah. it was like a no company proof. could get sued you yourself it was no real proof and i think that was what that's the thing about virginia and them places too Ooh. like but like i guess for them like your first instance of proof is like having that sit down meeting and like did they have to open a case number for you that you got down but in i hate stuff yeah. like that because that's just giving susan the opportunity to act like she never did nothing now because mm-hmm. now that we had the meeting and whatever you know i'm really gonna report you you're gonna find a way to go around and get reported because before you probably didn't think i was gonna report you mm-hmm. but now that's why i'm like i don't know i just like it's a process of enabling like yeah. bad behavior and dismissive behavior exactly and it really it the, these situations it encourages us as black women to use our voice right Assert yourself. our voice matters that brings me to the next mm-hmm. question though which mm-hmm. is like what do you guys think has been the biggest lesson you've learned from these experiences. You yeah. guys kind of did dabble on it, but I want to yeah. like give an exact like what Frame you think it. is the biggest thing. I think it's crazy because it was just coming to mind. Like as you were wrapping up, like as a black woman, it is important to speak on your experiences in the workplace because similarly to like in my situation, also just being a young woman and just yeah. not knowing how to advocate for yourself um, because you don't want like certain social stigmas to be attached to you and your work ethic because exactly we with are the whole underpaid, attitude this and like you guys have that. Yeah. Like there's like a lot of stigmas uh, regarding like why we're not compensated adequately, given the same opportunities, mm-hmm. promoted. We don't have the same mobility within companies for these reasons. Yeah. So you don't want to walk into a space and perpetuate those stereotypes that are constantly like pushed onto Push us that, as yeah. young women, yeah. as a black woman, as a fighting, woman. Yeah, you gotta fight here to make yeah. like a new idea of yourself in these people's Version heads. of yourself. And then you gotta to think, make yourself like, seem like a worthy worker, mm-hmm. a decent, competent And when worker. you're like the first black woman to have to work in these spaces, it's kind of like, damn, now I gotta yeah. represent all black women. And when y'all like, piss yeah. me off, I really have to hold it down so y'all can't say we all, ah, ah, like, it's just so much. It's like, just Crazy. Really carry the weight of everything. Like I would it's say, crazy. like the biggest lesson, um, even to the point that I am at now, I would say is I'm not gonna be in one box. Yeah, I I literally cannot be. I break out of it. Like I cannot just be a retail worker. Yeah, that was like my title. I mean, I was a student yeah, at same. the time, but like COVID a service worker. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's Post not just that, me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I I'm a model. I'm an artist. Yes, I love. I'm a poet. I love when I'm a roller skater. Yes, entrepreneur. You know, I I can be in all these boxes, and I don't have to be like forcing yourself to perfect one niche. Like you get to spread out time. It's a multiple things. A jack of all all trades trades and a jack jack of none. none. Exactly. I love that quote. And you know what? that. That really does resonate with me because that was another conflict. Like just picking careers, like. 
jobs part-time that weren't necessarily connected to or related to each other or picking internships out of college yeah. that weren't necessarily related to like being political one science or being major. forced like that's i think also like feeling to, weird yes. like what am i doing in a marketing and advertising internship and i'm what? like don't feel a, weird a boss, like mm-hmm. a poli-sci student and it's just like We're after young. a while you got to get yeah. out of that and when you like, graduate college who's to say this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life anyways like who's your to major say don't matter, you can girl. do I've seen I've seen people be whole careers up until like the age of forty and then just make like a flip and, do and then whatever. do something totally different. different like, yeah. people and literally, succeed at it. I've had a grandmother who has a pension from her career like in another country, like in London, working at like the post office of mm-hmm. London. Love that for her. And getting her pension from that while still actively living in the United States and working in um, the medical field in Work the United smarter, States. Smarter, not harder. My okay. great great. Or is that like my great? You just can't put me in one box. Yeah, yeah. that's me too. And yeah. I think that's why I be like doing all these internships, all these programs and stuff because Being I love music. I want to I want to dabble in music. I love fashion. I want to dabble in fashion. Yes. Like I love TV and stuff like that. I want to yeah. see what that's up for. Like I have a whole travel page, food page, podcast. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to be a writer. I want to do everything. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah, do everything. And it's like people shame you for wanting to do everything because it's like you have a lack of like consistency, discipline. Or something. discipline. Like, no. But it's just like I get that. I get that. If I you don't. can never see your projects like, through, okay, that's yeah. the thing. I was just about to say that. Like you can start up at any and everything that you want, but I think the part where to like people's criticism comes yeah. in is when you never like can just complete the task. Like yeah. you have so many Focusing ideas, on one thing at a time, but yeah. you can't ever just like I actually. I do that. That struggle does trickulate. Pop up. I, like, I struggle a little with action that. behind it, but that's I've been okay. If I'm We're young. Honest. I, I think so too. I think everybody got a little something. I think, I think, <laughs> I think everybody got and Especially in this generation. I think something Shoot. and then I'll be like, I said I was going to do this for the other thing. And by but the time I'm I like, get upstairs, I'm, already I'm like, 10 wait, steps no, away. but I didn't finish this. And yeah. it's like, all right, bro. I'm already on the last, like, no. But that's why I always say, like, I have to write stuff down yeah. because I literally forget. But focus, I'm backtracking. Yeah. Focus. We have to focus. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. many questions. It's so hard. Next question. right now. Wait, did I answer this one, though? Um, biggest lesson. The lesson. My the lesson. lesson. Okay, lesson. I think the biggest lesson I learned is that as an employee, you are always replaceable. So don't treat the job mm. like it's the last thing that you wow. have. Like mm-hmm. the same way you're just as replaceable, a job is just as replaceable. Yeah. And what's for you is gonna always be for you. So there'll always be something. I'm not saying like you'll get it right away, but giving up on yourself is the only way you're going to fail on that. Listen, at the end of the day, I don't believe in transactional relationships unless it comes to me and my employer and me and my educational institution. That is extremely transactional. You give, I take. I take, you give. Something you take, exactly. And it has to be equal. And that math has to add on that actually, it has to be equal and equitable. Please do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, it's not serving me. And at that point, I gotta go. I gotta go. I agree with that. I co-sign that message. Period. Okay. And now... We usually end things off. Yeah. Yeah, we usually end things off with the takeaways, but instead, I'd rather end it off with some advice. So you can think of this as what you would tell your younger self if you had the choice yeah. to, or what you would tell a young person listening right now who's going through the things that we said we're go- we've went through and stuff like that. What advice do you have for them? Um, I would say, like, as a young person entering either like out of college out of high school Mm -hmm. whether it's like you know your short term first job job or like my first career job walk in your first day with like a blank slate blank slate like any expectations you set up for yourself what you're gonna get out of your 
career fields from this opportunity from this position or where you see yourself in the company like it's good to have those like goals written mm -hmm. down because mm -hmm. that's going to be your blueprint to actually achieving those steps but by clean slate blank slate like don't have any set expectations for like your coworkers, which your day-to-day is be like just be prepared for the unexpected be flexible right. allow yourself to adjust to change if the situation doesn't exactly add up to what like you would hope for it to have like measured up to just allow yourself to adapt um because that's where you get to like have like a realistic picture of this is my role at this company and this is my best way for me to do this job and get like a positive experience out of it. Mm -hmm. And if you notice that like you're constantly having to like over adjust and over bend and over extend yeah. and make yourself excessively flexible, then it is appropriate at that point to like take a step back and be like, all right, this is like the agreement I came into coming here. Right. Am I giving more than what I originally agreed to give? And then just go off of there. Because you know, nobody's like experience is gonna be like cookie yeah. cutter and like clear, clean, smooth path. And I think it's great just that you said self-awareness. Yeah, like being mindful. Um, just to bounce off of Lex a little bit. Um, because like you said, life life be life in. Life it has it has linear. its ups and downs. It's not mm -hmm. And it's I not feel linear. like um one thing that in my freshman year I had to learn this the hardest way and I wish I would have knew this then and spoke to her and mm -hmm. said, Asking for help is a strength. Mm -hmm. It is not a weakness. Mm -hmm. I feel like for the longest because I'm a first gen. I'm a first Same. generation of students. So okay. I swore I knew everything I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I got myself in positions like even with financial aid and stuff. And I'm like, you know, I had to really sit down and talk to a counselor. Like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. No, that no. was me. It's nobody in my I family that know what I'm doing. I like, like I know? thought I knew what I was doing because I got I myself here. Yeah, I was like, mm -hmm. all right, I got here. We could continue this. So I'm doing something right. But yeah. like, it's weird. It's, it's, it's something weird. Being vulnerable. vulnerable. Yeah, vulnerability. Yeah, vulnerability, vulnerability. is a strength. Yeah. yeah, I think joining organization. Damn, that's me. That's me kind of jumping into my answer. But yeah, I was gonna no, say, yeah, I think joining organizations definitely helped and helps. I recommend like joining organizations yeah. if you don't find yourself to be that outwardly person or you think like I'm not finding enough resources. I don't know what I'm doing with myself. Join an organization like Girl Wonder is one of my favorite organizations. Mm. I tell people about all the time. Mm. I might I, I might just shout them out for the Black Owned Business of the Day yeah. today because yeah, I think it's very Girl fitting. Wonder. But um, organizations like that, Sisters in Media, like there's a ton, Black Girls in Media, there's a ton of organizations that are out here. I know mostly about stuff for the media girlies, so that's why those are the things I'm talking about. Yeah. But I have friends that are like in health and Law, computer and like all kinds of different things. Like find, find your people and yeah. find your group mm -hmm. for sure. And then my other piece of advice would just be keep receipts, write everything down. Like every experience, <laughs> every bad experience you say it's you have, like bad. keep Thank a you. Google Doc or journal kind of thing. Write like, it down. Nah, I keep a Google Doc. Because they're going like, to challenge you on it down the line. Gonna, I, when you have mm. your midterm meeting, that's me. Like, and this, the same way like you would do this for if somebody's bothering you and you feel uncomfortable at work, like keep a paperwork of things. Because when you yeah, hit them with that at your midterm meeting, they're going to be like, damn, like we can battle this for real if you got it's papers in, in black and white. Come on now. Yeah, but also doing now. that works just as much for like defending yourself mm -hmm. for like when you feel like you're vulnerable or like could be negligent or something. But mm -hmm. also like when you're doing right, like yeah, when you're ready to get that When you want to raise and it's time to get that promotion. I've been doing this that You need that bonus check. Right. That's what I'm doing. Look at all these things I've documented and doing to your business. Yes, yeah. exactly. How I've helped the business, and also like, if you start in a role, 
and your role had these qualifying things of what you will be doing, mm-hmm. and along the road they add more things to your role. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. something to bring up too. Like when when I first applied for this job, you guys told me it was going to be this, that, and that and for this salary, this, this, and this, now this. we've added this on, so I believe there should be an increase in my salary. Like, yeah, so you this know point, what? You know? Actually, speaking of that, like my job had me training people, and that wasn't in the job description recently <laughs> at, at um Equinox. So thank you, because that's yeah. a reminder. That next like review meeting, I'm going yeah, to talk so about this. Like, how y'all got me training people? We yeah. know. we didn't yeah. yeah. training because they'll take advantage of you. They'll be like, "Oh, you're good at this. I see you doing that. You're really nice. Let me just yeah, ask you." Yeah, but you got to pay me more if you want me to train yeah. people and Girl, still do my for regular free. It's job. 2022. Yeah. It's nothing for free. I agree with that. Thank you for that. I needed that reminder. Of course, I did. That was our last question of the day. Thank you, Z. Thank you, Lex. Um, before we close out, yes. I want you guys to drop your IG, <laughs> but real quick, I just want to shout out the Black-Owned Business of the Day. Talked about it a little earlier, it's going to be Girl One Day, but girl isn't spelled like your regular girl, is G-Y-R-L, and then Wonder, W-O-N-D-E-R, on Instagram. They also have a program going on right now, which is Girl Get Hired, so follow all of that stuff. Yes. If you're interested in media, and if you're a young woman or girl from the age 17 to 23, this is the program for you. Um... It helps women holistically. Yeah. Like, if you need a job, if you need some mental health services, they're the reason I was able to afford a therapist last year. Yes, um, Get all connected. that kind of good stuff. And they have great women in, like, different avenues of the world. People that look like us, that went through experiences that could help us. All of that. So get in tune if you're interested in that. And now I'm going to have my girls give their social media out. Y'all follow them. At life.w.lexlex. That's Lex. That's me. Lex. And <laughs> so I'm Z again. Um, you can follow my main page. I'm Queen Z. Um, and I also have a business page where I customize merchandise. I love New York. If yes. New York baddies want to come to DC, <laughs> you can follow my business page. It's Options by Z. Yes. And make sure you guys are actually following my girls. Stay tuned for when this episode is released. Answer our question of the day when it's on the page. Remember, it's turn up dot the volume on Instagram. Tune in and never get tuned out. But it's a wrap. I enjoyed myself. This is a good talk. On a downloaded things, thanks for tuning in to turn up the volume. Make sure on a forward back and don't slap before you get two bucks of your head back.